Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. Very excited today to have a guest in Jay Niblick. Jay works with WiseHire and helped author a lot of the components of the DISC test as we know it today. Um, I know a lot of people go out to the Tony Robbins website to get their free version. And so we're going to ideate today on DISC, how to hire the right people, some of the strategies that WiseHire can offer you. And then something else very exciting is Jay has agreed to come and speak as a keynote at our May event, the Team Building Summit in Omaha, Nebraska. So be sure to grab your tickets. Go out to EliteRealEstateSystems.com, click on events. We also are hosting a team building workshop in March. So the big summit event has a couple hundred people. The workshop's a little more intimate in March with about 15 or 20 people. Either way, I would love to see you guys at either of those events or both. Again, go out to EliteRealEstateSystems.com, click on events. Jay, welcome to the show. Dude, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of great content here. Um, it's all about your superpower. We'll spend 20 minutes just kind of talking about what we had talked about a little bit off air in regards to DISC and kind of the journey that um, you have been on, I think I should say, for self-discovery so that you can even have these kinds of conversations. I'd love to invite you to do a screen share again on those four quadrants that we talked about. So let's get right into that. Uh, one of the questions I had asked Jay when we were just chatting I said, I think it's really interesting how a lot of the books I've read and podcasts I've listened to about personality traits define people in four different categories. And I think that it's very limited um, in thinking that people would just have four. And so, Jay, I did a little bit around that. I think you brought a really nice perspective to the fact that, yeah, there might be the four basics, but then you could expand on that a little bit more for our audience. Um, not everyone watches this. Most people are going to be downloading and listening. So, I would love for the screen share if you want for those that are watching on YouTube. Uh, obviously, we're at about the four minute mark. You can jump in there and check out the, the screen share. Otherwise, um, Jay will just walk us through and just talk about it. Does it have, uh, do you have access right now to do a screen share? Yeah, I'll share up here now. You see this, okay? Yep, it's perfect. Thank you. So, um, yeah, and I'll talk through it for those that are just listening, like I probably would be. Um, the reason you see so many times personality assessments that are specifically we're talking about behavioral assessments is because it's, it's one of the most tried and true models. And, and so you have two variables set across each other at 90 degrees, which creates these four quadrants. So there's a Cattell 16 PF. Um, there's a Myers-Briggs, you know, the mother and daughter-in-law team of psychologists that looks at four factors. DISC was created, the model was created by Dr. Marston at Harvard in 1928 in a book called The Notions of Normal People, uh, but he never wrote an assessment for it. So other people like us have taken the, that the, the theories and actually crafted an actual assessment that people can take. So you think four quadrants, but when you, when you think about the four quadrants, each quadrant can compare to itself so four times four, it's a 16 box matrix. So there's really a lot more information you get out of it than just four items. So if you look at like an example of a disc assessment through us, yes, 
there's only four core dimensions. And if you were looking at the screen, you'd see the D, the I, the S, the C, and their four colors, red, yellow, green, blue. We also can measure adaptation though. And so Marston's model was so genius in that you've got, I'll back up into a real brief psychological primer. In, in psychology, you've got systems one thinking and systems two thinking, right? Experts like Kahneman and others talk about intuition or reflection. And systems one thinking is what naturally is me being measured in behavior, the natural behavior. When you're not thinking about thinking, you're in systems one. You're jogging down the road and I say, dude, what you listening to on your headset? You know, you're not really having to think much about it and you continue to jog. Systems two thinking is conscious. It's a lot more intense. I've got to really stop and think about what I'm doing. So you and I are jogging down the road and I go, dude, what's 12 times 39? The problem with that is you got to stop and think about it. And most runners would stop running. <laughs> they, you know, so like you're in a sales mode or you're driving a car. That's systems one thing. If you're doing it right, you're just fluid. You're moving the natural way you behave. Systems two is this adapted stuff. The gray bars, as you see in our disc reports. And that's oftentimes where people get into trouble. So you start with these four quadrants and you realize, wait, naturally I'm going to be prone to want to think in one of these ways. You know, am I more decisive? Am I more interactive? Am I a stabilizer that's a lot slower and likes to take more time to think things through? Am I high conscientious, which is the highest burden? You know, I'm all about details. And you said something very true. Neither's right or wrong out of the context of the situation. So if I tell a person who's a low D, that's a very deliberate, there's positives on both ends of the scale, right? I can be very positive to have a low D. I want that in my pharmacist. You know, I want a high C, low D, right? I don't want a guy that goes, or my accountant, that goes uh, 0.5 milligrams, 0.05 milligrams. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Screw just it, right? It just, just give it to him. If it's wrong, we'll take it. Up. But, you know, then you put that person in, that system's one thinking for them. That's the way they think, right? It's for natural thinking style. I say to somebody, you know, hey, you got to go out and dial 100 FISBOs a day. You know, hit it. Just go, go, go. They're strangers. You never talked to them before in your life, and you got to follow through with them. You got a 10 touch sequence, and you're going to talk to them nine more times on texts, LinkedIn, email, phone calls. And they're just like, if they're a low eye, imagine the adaption that has to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, they got to stretch, yeah. they got to use systems two thinking all day. They can't naturally be who they are. They get burned out, they get fatigued. Stress. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. You know, you just want to get back to running and not thinking. And it sounds silly to say it, but we should go through our days in roles that allow us to not think, just do. Love That's it. not a high D statement. You know, high C's will think in one way, high S's will think in one way. So it's all about the role you put yourself in and getting a role that allows you to do exactly what your mind's naturally wired to do. And then the wiring, the neural network, you know, there's a thing called neuroplasticity. It changes over the course of our lives, but it's slow. It's like the creek behind the house where you were a little kid. You go back 30 years later, it's a little different. Not drastically different if there's tons of floods or in our case, tons of emotional stress, then maybe it moved more than normal, but it's not fixed. I hate when you know some companies out there say, it's carved in stone when you're 18, it's never gonna change. I'm like, dude, I know I don't think the way I did it when I was 16 today, thank sure. God. Do you think that people's adaptive state can become a natural state? It adapted is like if you've had a tree uh, sapling in your front yard and you take that wire with the hose cut off around it and you stick a stake in. Adapted is where I'm trying to make myself go here, but you're still talking. If that is if that pressure, that pull, 
stays for three, five, seven years, you will eventually see that behavior naturally kind of promote that way. But again, it's real slow. So from a hiring standpoint, I can never hire somebody and say, well, if they adapt, right, then they'll be able to perform. Well, Unless I put the cliche on when we get married, you know, everyone always teases, oh, well, he'll become what I need him to become over the next 10 years. Possibly. And if, you, if you're willing to wait 10 years, mark, I would say 20 years. Especially <laughs> change it's, in 20 years. It takes us a long time. He's a great stand up comedian. It's like, and that's the, way, the best relations. My mom and dad have been married for 50 years. She's still not sure. She might walk out tomorrow. He, he doesn't know. I love it. No, totally. You know what's funny? The first time I took my disc, and a lot of people listening have taken it. If not, where's the best place to point somebody? If they were able to just get uh, one thing out of this podcast episode, and that is take the disc test so that they know their own results and what we're talking about right now. Where do you typically point people? Uh, send them over to wisehire.com. We'll actually set up a little uh, uh, directory page for you and, and we'll offer go. people the links and how to do that. Yeah. Perfect. When you we guys land there, there if, they, if they ask, be sure you let them know you came from ERS or the podcast and they'll have a special little discount for you. So the first time I took my disc, it had me at a 99D, 99I. I did it about five years later, 99D, 99I, because I had been told you do change. And obviously we change and I changed in a lot of ways, but the answers I was giving were they obviously identical or very similar. The thing that always has shocked me from the beginning and where I think the test has me nailed is at work, I'm in all my natural states. And at home, I'm in all of my adaptive states. So to be the best dad and the best husband and the best son and the best brother-in-law and the best friend, I have to like stretch to be that person. And I can tell that I'm in a higher stress at home. And when I go to work, I'm like, I'm in my element. This is where I am. Yeah. Like, this is what feels right. And I think for most people, it's the opposite, but maybe I'm dead wrong. What's your opinion about that? It, you know, oftentimes it is the opposite because nobody usually factors these things in when they take a job. Now, those that are in a role like you, where you're able to be authentic because you're in charge. So you don't see as much adaptation with executives because they kind of say, this is how the hell I want it to be. You know, but everybody that's not got that right, opportunity, they don't see these things when they take a role. Even the people that are applying for the job, this, these are intangible traits. They're not usually surfaced unless you use some psychometric assessment like this that's validated, and then you incorporate that in. So even if you do see it, a lot of people just go, yeah, but I like the money or the prestige or the job or the, you know, they take the job for a lot of different reasons that don't factor in. And then, so then when they are at home, they can do that. You know, they can behave they and, and be naturally, they Very can let go. So they put that face on in the parking lot sure, and they keep it on all day. And so hey, hey, analogy EJ, how was your golf this week? And awesome. Yeah. They get into their cubicle and they're like, oh, yeah, right. Oh, thank God. I can just, you know, close the door you're hiring a, a stock boy for an old 1800 store or something like that. And you're like, gotta be poor woman. Yeah. Gotta be six feet tall in order to reach the top shelf. Cause that's the majority of where all the stuff comes. Yeah. Person's uh, five, nine. And you're like, Hey, stand on your tiptoes. <laughs> yeah. You can reach stuff. That's adaptation. It's physical adaptation, right? Mm -hmm. You're good. Well, the two things that happen with adaptation is you're not as accurate. So you're pretending to be a high C while you're doing your taxes, you're still going to miss more things than a natural C would. You're pretending to be a high eye. People are still sensing you're not really so comfortable kind of being out of your shell talk. And I'm hearing it, but I'm not sure I believe it. Yep. And then the other thing is the same physical uh, failure, you know, the withdrawal. You're, you're fatigued beyond belief. And you get back in the car at the end of the day and you're like, I don't even know why I'm tired. But the brain in, in uh, phase one or stage two, I mean, uh, thinking, 
brain uses more calories than any other single organ in your body. So you've had those mentally exhausting days, and you're like, why do I feel physically like I just climbed the Eiffel Tower sure. on steps? I'm physically exhausted. Well, when you have to yeah. take it. I remember when I would do my one-on-one, so I'm a DI, I would do one-on-ones, which is very systematic, rhythmic, you know, and I would be exhausted. Mondays were my one-on-one days with 10 people, 20-minute conversations with 10 different people, and I was exhausted. But over time, that muscle strengthened. And now it's the same thing with podcasts or speaking on stages. The more I do it, the more comfortable I become, and I'm not as exhausted afterwards. And I know there's people that are introverts. Um, and when they go and they have to do something socially, they want to go home and crash. That's usually the definition of an introvert, whereas the extrovert finishes a, an event with a lot of people and they're ready to go on to the next event. And then the next event, like it just keeps giving them more and more energy, which is fascinating. Well, um, for anyone that has made it this far, this has been an awesome interview. <laughs> I know I know um, it is pretty down the rabbit hole and I, I love it. I love that we can explore people's personalities and minds and there's a lot of ways um, and books and information out there to help figure this out. But Wise Hire has it dialed in. Uh, this is one of the reasons we've partnered with them. They've helped us fill hundreds of positions, both locally and nationally. Um, they can literally help any industry, not just real estate. If somebody's looking for an admin, if someone's looking for an agent, if somebody's looking for to fill literally any position, that is what Wise Hire does. And it is amazing. The processes are simple. Uh, I think you guys syndicate to like 50 different um, sites, maybe even more. And, 100. Uh, a hundred sites, a, a million sites, you guys, this is massive syndication. <laughs> I'll go with that. <laughs> right. So it, th- you guys doing an awesome job and that's why we've chosen to partner with you and we've been working with you for so long. Um, and we are really grateful you were willing to come on today with us. Um, obviously you're very accomplished and it was an awesome conversation that I could continue and we will continue. We'll have you on again, but I do want to remind everyone listening, Jay is speaking in person, keynoting at the team building summit this summer in May. If you haven't gone out and bought a ticket, it's going to be a fascinating event. It's two and a half days long. Um, And we talked about this, Jay, a little bit before you jumped on. But one of the things Jay and I have found, and I think most people would agree, is events are great. The content you get is great. Everyone knows you're going to go and you're going to learn something. But the massive value is the time you spend after five o'clock with the people at the event, you know, the evening hours, the happy hours, the socializing, the ideating. And Jay will be a part of all of that. I will be a part of all of that. My entire leadership team, all of the other keynotes. We're not sellout events where you see the mastermind on stage for 10 minutes and then they're on their jet and they leave and you don't see them the rest of the event. We're going to be out there with you guys, shoulder to shoulder ideating, masterminding, hanging out, having drinks and eating and whatever. Um, and I think there's a lot to be able to draw from that. So would love for anyone uh, that hasn't picked up a ticket, go out to the teambuildingsummit.com, grab your ticket. Also give a, a shout out to Jay on iTunes. We're working towards a thousand reviews on our iTunes page for the team building podcast. So if you haven't already done that, give him a five star and give a quick shout out. Jay, how is the best way uh, somebody can get in touch with you? If they want to just kind of say thank you or reach out to you. Oh yeah. Directly to me is J-A-Y at wisehire.com. So that's W-I-Z-E-H-I-R-E. We're smart enough to run the company and just not smart enough to spell it, right? So <laughs> wisehire with a Z. It. And uh, I'll plug the upcoming event. We'll get out of the rabbit hole when we're, when we're all together and talk real practical. So besides yeah. all of the psycho gumbo gump, what's it mean when I try to hire somebody? What's it mean when I'm trying to sell from my personality to your personality. What's it mean when my team's not getting together? Real high level practical stuff that, uh, you know, you don't have to dig too deep into the science. We do that for you so you don't have to. I love it. And they do. And you guys are awesome at that. Uh, the best in the industry. 
Uh, do you have a book you would point people towards if they wanted to get into the weeds a little bit more on some of the cycle babble talk today? Uh, send me that email. There's a couple of resources. Okay. Um, there's not really one great book to be honest with you that summarizes a lot of it. It's all kind of diffuse and spread out around there, but they got some really great resources. We can send PDFs and stuff like that. Perfect. So yeah, shoot uh, Jay an email, j at wisehire.com, W-I-Z-E-H-I-R-E.com. Also, um, ERS has negotiated a special discount for you guys. So if you want to take advantage of the discount and you are going to hire Wise Hire to help with any of your hiring needs, go out to Jeff's favorite tools.com. Again, that's Jeff's favorite tools.com. And there will be a link for wise hire uh, that will include the discount or just reach out to Jay and let him know you heard us on the podcast and just reference ERS. Jay, you were a great guest uh, with us today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I look forward to hanging out with you in Omaha, Nebraska in May at the team building summit. And hopefully all of our audience members will be in attendance as well. I'm pumped, man. Can't wait. Anything to support you guys. We love working with you. You guys are awesome. Thanks again for coming on today. This was awesome. All right, man.